morning, if you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and look at Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to be reading verses 14 to 17, and I think that with us dedicating children this morning, I thought it was a great thing to look at what it means to be children of God, because I don't know about you all, but I know as a pastor, what I have found is that there are times in my life that I become a little bit off center with the Lord, where um, I don't know how to explain it to you. Sometimes I start having a few doubts on whether or not I'm actually a child of God. And I think that that is something that we all have to deal with. In fact, especially with the day and age that we live in right now where everybody is so busy. Has anybody ever noticed how busy you are in life with things? Uh, we're so busy with things. And ever since my kids were born, it seems like we were always going to some type of sporting event and it just never stopped and you just thought maybe that it would stop later on. But busyness has kept us going and in a lot of ways it keeps us from actually recognizing that we are God sometimes. And so what happens for me, I don't know if it happens for y'all, but I, I, when I'm so busy, I become a little bit less spiritual. And when I become a little bit less spiritual, you know what else happens life starts coming at me, and then I have some stressors that actually take place, and uh, it could be anything. It could be maybe it's finances, or that's always the easy one, or maybe it's relationships that I may have with people I work with, or uh, people maybe even at church, or maybe my relationship with the Lord. Whatever it is, sometimes there's a stressor in my life, and I have a difficult time experiencing God's love and joy in my life because then I start to think, well, uh, maybe I'm not who I think I am. And I think that this is something that a lot of people deal with because uh, it, it becomes a, there comes a place where if I'm thinking I'm not who I am and I'm letting these doubts overtake me, I begin to think that maybe God has forsaken me or something. We have to keep these in check. So we have to remind ourselves that we are children of God. Uh, there's some of us, believe it or not, that I usually talk about personalities. Some of you hear me say that, but there's, there's some of us who have personalities where we are actually very hard on ourselves. You know, sometimes we talk about um, judging people. We talk about don't judge people. We talk about making sure that we're not judgmental Christians and uh, we also tried to define what that is because, you know, we've, there's, a, there's been a rap hung on us, and some of it right, rightfully so, that we tend to be judgmental people, and, and sometimes we look at people and we think, well, Lord, you know, I'm glad I'm not like that person, as bad as that person is. That's what judgmentalism is. That's, that's how you're judging somebody, when you're putting yourself above them and looking at their faults and not seeing your own. But then there's also this idea of accountability, right, which isn't judgmentalism. Accountability says, because I have love in my heart, that I have to make sure if someone like my, daughter, my granddaughter, for instance, if she was going to run out in the road, I certainly wouldn't want to mind my own business just so that I don't appear judgmental or telling her how to live her life, Right. I'm going to tell her, don't run out in the road, because I know that if she runs out in the road enough times, it could be a bad thing, right? She could get hit by a car. So my love will compel me to say, hey, Eva, don't run out in the road. And she's not going to receive that right at the first time, right? She's going to think that I need to mind my own business. 
But I'm trying to explain to you there's a difference between being judgmental and holding people accountable for the right reasons. But what's happening is that we are becoming people with our personalities, if you will, where sometimes we, we can get past that, but we actually get to where we judge ourselves. So like, for instance, I'm a, I have a choleric personality type. And so with, with people like with the personality that I have, what we generally struggle with is that um, we have where we think things should be in life, and so if it doesn't get there, we become angry and we become a little bit judgmental. In other words, if I have a goal and I'm not reaching it, I want to know why I'm not reaching it. And so if, I, if you've been listening for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about what it means to have a new nature put inside of us because we've been talking through Romans and we talked about the idea of Jesus who is helping us to crucify our sinful nature. That nature that's in us that we've, where we are actually opposite of what God says. So if God says, don't run out in the road, you know what I'm gonna do if I'm operating from my sinful nature because God said don't run out in the road, I'm gonna run out in the road. And so as a choleric person, what I notice, once I get tired and I become stressed, I'm not hitting on all of the cylinders that I think a child of God should hit on. And that's when doubts start coming in and I start really beating myself up thinking that somehow I am disconnected from the Lord. Now, if I'm the only one, then it's okay because I'm preaching to myself and I'll go ahead and, and I'll, I'll own that. But I suspect that there's a lot of people who are like I am. In fact, I talk to them on a daily basis, it seems like. And so sometimes people are always concerned, have I done something so wrong that the Lord wouldn't want me? No, you haven't. As long as you have breath in you, you have not. And I always tell them, if you're concerned about what the Lord thinks about what you're doing, it's a good sign because that means the Lord is pursuing you. Now notice I'm not saying that we're supposed to be perfect. I'm not saying that at all. But I know that in my person, my being, that if I don't have this attitude of love for those um, who are my neighbors, if you will, if I, am, if I don't have that, I start to measure myself and say, you're missing the mark, and Scott, that's when I say, Scott, that might be a sign that you may not be the Lord's. And I would like to tell you that those doubts go away the longer that you live, but they don't. So when we look at the kids that we had come up here, I know one thing, what the parents are going to have to do they're going to always have to remind their children, right? You, because we follow Jesus Christ, you are a child of God, whether you feel like it or you don't. Y'all know that the heart lies to you, right? If I operate everything off of feelings, then probably you're going to have to have a new pastor next week because... Um, if I followed everything that I felt and believed in everything that I felt, I'm probably going to be in trouble. So always understand that, that you're a child of God the moment that you have received Christ 
and that you are being born again because he is changing you from the inside out. So if your life's busyness and stressors are hitting you, then you need to go back to this truth. You are a child of God. So this is what we've been talking about. And so in the book of Romans, what's been talked about last week, and Roy brought it up with the, with the song that we sang, Our Father Who Art in Heaven, it's the Lord's Prayer. And so ultimately what we are saying in the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and that's why I mentioned it before our dedication, because what would the world look like if everybody did what Jesus said to do? It would be a different world, which brings us into a whole other discussion, wouldn't it? When people ask me why bad things happen in this world, and I usually say because nobody wants to listen to what Jesus says because everybody wants to do their own will in this world. It's really that simple, but it takes a transformational God to help me to overcome my will. So my will will get me into trouble, and my will will get me into trouble not only with God, but my neighbor. And so our kids have to understand that we have to live on earth as it is in heaven. And so this is what Paul's been saying. How do you do that? I mean, that would be the question. How do we actually live on earth as they do in heaven? In other words, become the people who are literally right now in this moment reflecting the way they do life in heaven. How would we do that? Because that sounds like works righteousness. But hear how we're saying this. The grace of Jesus Christ wants to change you inside and out. So if people are being changed who are being called by the name of Christ and say they are Christians, then what's happening then is that sinful nature is being put to death in me, and as it's being put to death in me, I'm becoming more like Christ because the misdeeds of my body are becoming less and less because the Holy Spirit is dwelling in me and enabling me. This is how it works. I'm going to get off this and get into the Scripture, but I want you to know that this is how it works. If you are allowing him to put to death that piece of you that causes you to be selfish in, in regard to your will, in the face of the Lord and in the face of your neighbors, and if you are learning to love God and love your neighbors from your heart, you're not going to want to do bad things toward them. Do you see this? So God has to help us. So I stopped reading last week because I knew this was coming for these verses, and I wanted to share these verses with you because they're so great. They're so great, and they're so refreshing. And if you're somebody who's worn out by life right now, or if you're somebody who's been listening to what I've been preaching, where I've been saying, almost like you got to be good or else, right? It almost sounds like that. But remember, you're, you're wanting to be good when Jesus is inside of you. So if you've been listening to this, you might be somebody who said, I don't know if that applies to me because I don't think I can do those things. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and let you know, you can't. But Jesus can in you, right? Jesus can in you. 
And maybe you found yourself being a little concerned. So this morning, I'm going to give you this, what Paul said. And let's go ahead and read it, because this is some good scripture. If you, if you highlight in your Bible, I would highlight this, because this is a good reminder when you're feeling down, and you might need to go to this. If you're depressed, whatever it is, this is, should be the scripture that picks you up. So let's read it. I'm going to read Romans chapter 8, verses 14 to 17. And it simply says this, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought, you, brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are God's children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So Paul's telling us how to be children of God. So the first thing I want you to see this morning Children of God are guided by the Spirit. It's really simple. So what's happening, if you take this all in context, what's been happening since Romans chapter 5, and it's been going through 6 and 7, here we are coming to the middle part of chapter 8, what's been happening is that the Lord has been changing me inside out. This is why we say, be born again. So the Lord is changing me, and if he's changing me, and this is what our children have to know, right? That the Lord changes us. We should be getting better. We should be becoming more like Jesus Christ in our daily life because the Lord is operating and working through our parents, through our church, through our community, through his, just by his relationship with us. We should be changing. So here's what happens if I'm somebody who is prone to maybe feel a certain way about someone, then probably what I'm going to do if I'm being changed and I'm a child of God, what I'm going to do then is I'm going to allow, and hear how I said that, I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to guide me. You know, when I was a kid, my stepdad, I think I might have said this a few times, my stepdad would say, uh, Scott, go out and get me um, my thermos. I left it out in the barn, and I lived on this farm. It was about a 1,500-acre farm, and uh, the barn might have been maybe from here to the stop sign down there behind our house, and let me tell you, there was only one security light, and it's pitch dark outside, and he's telling me, at 10 years old to go out there and get his thermos that he forgot, which I'm going to do, right, because he is in charge of me. I'm going to do it. And so there's, the, would you believe there's no electricity in the barn where he left it, right? So I have to go, and I'm going to go and do what he says. It's because I'm allowing him out of fear, because I'm, this is, this is not me knowing Jesus Christ at this point, but out of fear for what he might do to me, I'm going to go get the thermos, right? So I go and get it. 
I'm, I mean, I was religious all the way to the barn and back, I can tell you. I was praying like crazy. Because, you know, you hear stuff, you know, you see stuff. And has anybody ever seen those barn owls when, it's, when you're a kid? That's real there. And they're, they're a little freaky. So I'm, I go and get it. I might be sprinting. I might be practicing my cross-country skills at that point. But I go and do it because he's told me to. So I'm guided by him to do what he wants me to do. So it's the same kind of concept, right? Because what I'm doing now, if I say I'm being guided, and I'm using this word instead of led because in, basically in the Greek, it's a, this could also mean guided. I think it's a good way for me to be able to demonstrate that I'm actually wanting to do what God wants me to do. So if I feel wrong about someone, if there's someone in my life that I'm angry at, if there's someone in my life who has done something to me, you better believe that if I feel like it, I'm, I'm going to have revenge on this person, right? I'm going to have revenge. But children of God, we say, I'm going to take how I feel and I'm going to put it aside because I'm going to love this person in spite of the shortfalls that are taking place. I'm going to let it go, which is what forgiveness means. Let it go. I'm going to let it go. If you're not a child of God, you're probably going to be revenge-minded. What are you seeing in our world today? People paying each other back? Hatred? All of these things that are, take, that are destroying us all together? It's because we're operating by how we feel and we're not operating or being led and allowing God to lead us to do his will here on earth as it is in heaven. So if I'm somebody who's stressed out, I start to think about that. If I'm somebody who is feeling a little disconnected from Jesus Christ, I start to think about that and I say, you know what? I'm at least going to bend my will to his. And the fact, and I'm going to be smart enough to know that the fact is that if I want to bend my will to his, that means I'm concerned about what the Lord thinks, which means I am a child of God. I hope that's making sense to you. I want you to look at the next thing I want you to see. Children of God are assured of being God's children. So this is interesting, right? So a lot of times, um, people will come to the altar and you might hear them say, oh, you're good to go, man. You're good. You're good to go. Um, you're secure now, all this stuff. I'm more into, yes, I can understand the security side, but I also have to have the assurance side. Because if I'm not assured that I'm God's child, there's probably no way that I'm going to yield to God's will here on earth as it is in heaven because I'm going to do my will. If I'm doubting that I'm a child of God, I'm certainly going to do what I want to do because why not? What, what would it matter? If I'm not God's child, then I'm not going to worry with it. But if, I am, if there is a way for me to have assurance that he is my heavenly father, then I'm going to 
I'm going to probably respond the right way in the situations I may find myself. So what Paul said is, the Spirit testifies with your spirit. Because remember what's been happening, I go right back to it. We're being changed the inside out. The Lord is working inside of us, and it's, it's a continual process. But I'm being changed the inside out, which means the Spirit of God is dwelling inside of me, which is, by the way, how we know this is just a building. The real value in God's kingdom is sitting right out here in the pews, right? We get this because we understand the Spirit of God is dwelling in those who call on the name of Jesus. So I'm being changed inside out, which means the Spirit should be giving witness that I am His. And so sometimes I look at this verse and I'll say, well, I don't know if I'm feeling very holy today because remember, I'm measuring myself in comparison with others more than likely. I'm not as holy as that guy or that girl or whatever. I'm usually measuring myself and comparing myself, but I'm thinking, I don't know if I'm feeling the Holy Spirit right now. Well, I can tell you this, that what I've been thinking about this last week is this. How many times am I overwhelmed with what I see in life or experience in life, and then I'm just, I'm at this breaking point where I don't know about you, but sometimes I just want to kick stuff. Does anybody else do that? Um, I, I'm telling you, I probably need counseling. Um, but um, I, throw, I can throw a fit like you've never seen. I am capable of that. And so what I'll do is I'll, I'll just come to a place. And what I've noticed is I'll say, Father, this is interesting. I, just, I literally just picked up on this. This is interesting. Did you hear what Paul said? Because of the Spirit of God who's in us, this is why we cry, Abba, Father. Right? Did you all hear that? So if I sit down and I'm overwhelmed with life, if things aren't going my way and I can't control the situation, I have noticed there are times I just say, Father, or I might even say, Father, help me. This is interesting because this means that in that moment, the Spirit of God is guiding me to him. Did you pick up on that? And there's a moment when I do that and I sit down and I might be thinking, Father, or Father, help me, and I have nothing more to say. And if you continue to read in Romans, you'll find out that there are even times in our lives where when we pray, we don't even know what to pray, but the Spirit prays for us. So I'm going to tell you that if this sounds familiar to you, then I'm going to just go ahead and let you know that what's happening is the Holy Spirit is operating inside of you in that very moment because there's nothing in you that's going to have you say, Father, when you're overwhelmed. Because if you're operating from that sinful nature, you're probably going to say something else, right? You know what that is? It's not just a release of steam when I say that, but it's the Holy Spirit assuring me that I am his child. You know why this is so important? 
Because it's going to be in that moment that I am assured that I am God's child that I'm going to have to look at myself from the perspective that God looks at me. Do you know how many people don't like themselves in this world today? Bunch. I work with them all the time when school's going. Thank God these kids are being dedicated this morning because that tells me they're going to have, they should have, right? They should have that healthy love for the Lord in their house, which will establish a healthy love for them in their house, which then, from the kid's perspective, is going to have a healthy perspective of who God is when they grow up instead of the distorted perspective that many of us have today. So I have to look at myself differently because I'm being assured, and so that's when I have to look at myself from the perspective that Jesus loves me in spite of me being who I am. And that's crazy love right there, isn't it? In spite of me, of all the things that I know about who I am that none of you know, right? Because I can put on an act. But in spite of all the things that I am aware of inside of me, I know God even knows more than I do, and yet he loves me enough to say, I am and assure me that I am his child. Some of you need to know this. I'm going to show you one more thing, and I love it. Children of God are co-heirs with Christ. So all week long, I've had the family of God song. Remember that chorus? Join heirs with Jesus as we travel this side. All week long, just because of that, I've had that in my head. And I love that song, by the way. So it's not been a bad week. That's been a good thing. And so Paul now says that children of God, not only are we guided by the Spirit, we can find comfort in the fact that we're guided by the Spirit when we handle situations differently, but we also not only are assured by him, but because of these things, then we can also be assured that we are co-heirs with Jesus. I don't like to say this because my, my daughter and her family is here, but let's be for real. I would not withhold what I have from my children, right? If they have need of something, I'm going to give them what they need. I'm going to provide what I can because I am their father. I am the one who loves them in spite of who they may be or may not be, right? I'm the one who gives that unconditional love, and so they are my heirs, if you will. If they are my heirs, then that means they are able to partake with me in what I have and in the life I have. One of my old professors' name was Bud Bentz, and one of the things that he said one time was that it's basically the same thing as when we read the story of the prodigal son. He said, if, when we read the story of the prodigal son, you remember the story? He took off, left his father, and his father just sat there and just waited on him, didn't he? He just sat and waited for him to come back. He went out and squandered all that he had, 
And then he spent time, after he squandered everything that he had, he spent time trying to work himself, get back into where he needs to be. And all the time, remember what the father said when he finally came back? He said, I'm always with you. Everything that I have is yours. He restored everything that he had squandered. Do you remember that? And so all this son had to do was just to come home sooner to dad. And he, dad was going to take care of him because that son is an heir. Right? So our kids... When we're raising them up, we're going to remind them that if they are following Christ, they too will be heirs of all that God has. We don't have to have everything right now. My kids don't have to have the stuff that I have, which probably to them might be some garbage. They probably just say, oh, I'm going to throw that out, right? But they don't have to have everything that I own right now to be able to have access to it. So that means that if I'm an heir with Christ, then because of him, I can have access to that life in the kingdom right now. I can live that right now. It's almost like what God said to Abraham when he said, look, Abraham, he said, I'm going to give all this land to you, but it's going to be to your descendants. But here's what you can do, Abraham. Go ahead and walk all through the land like it's yours now. Isn't that something? And you know what? What, 400 years later or more? That land was his descendants, just like he said. But Abraham walked through. You and I have the truth, have the hope that we have what God has for us. We can have it now, and we will have it later. I can live the life of the kingdom now on earth as it is in heaven and I certainly will live it later because I am assured that I am co-heirs with Jesus Christ, which means I have access to all that he has. I don't have to have everything now. I'd like to have a million dollars, but I can, I can just take it in payments, if you will, right? I can get it a little bit here, a little bit there. I'm going to be okay. You know what? If people are struggling with whether or not you think that you're a child of God, my hope is, is that you would be able to re-examine this and remind yourself that if you are following Jesus Christ, you are a child of God. You don't have to have everything exactly right. But God has already revealed to us. It is in him that we cry, Abba, Father. When I was in Indiana and I was still trying to learn how to pray, I remember we would go to the altar at our little church and we'd always go up there we'd pray and sometimes I would go to the altar and I would just sit there and think, I wonder if I'm not praying right because I'm not getting what I want, right? You hear that? I'm not getting what I want because my will was not yet bending to God's will. And so what I would do is I would just kind of, I would pray a little and then I would listen to the person praying next to me because maybe I thought that maybe I wasn't calling God by the right name. I know this sounds crazy, but it was the truth. Maybe I'm not calling God by the right name or saying something right. You know what? Eventually, though, all the different ways people referenced God, God finally got me to a place once I started to follow after him the right way and allow him to do the work inside of me it became a natural thing to call him father. 
Some of you need to know that, that you're a child of God this morning. You need to be reminded of that. I know two children that's going to have to be told that. Because once they're told that, you know what? They're going to be able to face whatever the world throws at them. Whatever stressor comes their way or whatever difficulties come their way, they're going to be able to overcome them and prevail against them because they're going to know that they are children of God. Side note, I work with kids every day that are hopeless. They have no hope. How important is it for our kids to know and for you and I to know that we are children of God? If we're heirs with God, I'm going to throw this in for the last verse that you saw there. This is why when we're heirs with Christ, that we understand that if we suffer, it's only for a little while. We might share in the sufferings of Christ, but we will share in the glory that is to come. So if you're having trouble being guided by the Spirit this morning, here's what you do. Next time you find yourself in a situation, let's just be for real, where you feel that you're being wronged by somebody, don't react the way you normally would. Simply remind yourself and try to hear the Lord tell you who says, don't do that, do this. In other words, don't respond with revenge or hatred. What you need to do now is let it go. Let it go. Try to love that person. This is how we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us. And if you need assurance, then I call on you to remind yourself, sit down the next time you're overwhelmed. See what the instinct in your heart, how it responds. If the first person you turn to is the Lord, then who else's child would you be? If you're turning to the Lord, that means you're a child of God. If you want to be a co-heir with Jesus, understand this, and this is what the kids will definitely need to know. Life isn't fair. And sometimes people do bad things, and sometimes bad things happen to good people. But if you're a co-heir with Jesus Christ, this life that is but a vapor, you're either going to get through those times and move on to the next day, or if you don't, you're going to be in glory with Jesus. What's the end game? If we could have Christians who understand this, I think we would see less and less people give up on Jesus Christ. As soon as life gets difficult or overwhelming, that's usually what happens. People think that maybe there's something wrong with them and maybe God has rejected them or whatever it is and then they just kind of drift away. But if you know that you're a child of God, you won't drift. You'll be steady on. So right now with all heads bowed and eyes closed, I don't know where you're at this morning, 
But some of you might just need to remind yourself for a moment. You are a child of God. If you're having a bad time this morning, pray that. Thank him for being your father. Let's pray. Father, we come before you now. We're so grateful, Lord, for your word. Thankful for your truth and your promise and your hope. Thankful, Lord, for our children that we just dedicated this morning. Lord, we ask that you would have your way with them and us. Lord, that we would respond to you in the way that a child responds to their loving parents, Lord. Now, Father, I pray that if there's anybody within the sound of my voice that is confused or struggling, Lord, I pray the Holy Spirit would speak. I pray, Father, that you remind us how important it is that we read your word for ourselves, Lord. And Father, I just pray that you be with us, keep us safe, and Father, help us when we find ourselves in those difficult times to remember that we are your children. To benefit from that, and so that those who oppress us will benefit from that as well. We pray these things in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen.